Locked On Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to another edition of Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast family, your team every day. Patricia Trainer here with you, and it is time for our Friday fan mailbag. Happy to answer your questions that you submitted through our email account, LockedOnGiantsPodcast at gmail.com, as well as to the thread that I started on Twitter specifically for the podcast. So we will do that this show. And before we get into it, uh, this football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch the season. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers, because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. So make sure you grab a cool Pepsi when you sit down to watch the game. Pepsi, made for football watching, and go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content only from Pepsi. All right, Giant fans, we are going to get right into your questions and we're going to tackle the email questions first, starting with uh, one that's actually been sitting on my email account since last week, last Sunday specifically, from David Peist, who wants to know, where does this franchise go from here? 0-2 for the seventh time in straight in eight years. Saquon out. Jones a turnover machine. O-line is not good. Does the, does the franchise continue to ask for a patient? When will it get better? Et cetera, et cetera. David, I need to remind you of something. The Giants did not have a preseason. The coaches are still trying to figure out what these players do well and what they don't do well. They have even gone so far as to say that. Now I know everybody is in the same boat. I get that. The Giants, however, have a brand new coaching staff. They have a brand new system on either side of the ball. They have a lot of newness right now. And they had no opportunity to really work on gelling in the spring, which is when you expect them to be a little further along. The first two weeks of football, you can make the argument that that was preseason-like game. So, all right. So I would say, look, I get it. People are frustrated. They're probably sitting here thinking, here we go again with this team. I totally get it. Trust me. But with that said, if you're asking, where do we go from here? You know, the only thing I can tell you is patience. I mean, let's see what they look like in another like couple weeks. I think when they start that, that uh, six game stretch where, or actually I think it's a seven game stretch where most of the teams they are going to play are from the division. Let's see how they come out of that particular uh, stretch. If they look competitive, if they are able to win them, then we can see, you know, where this team is. But realistically, who amongst us was expecting this Giants team to be, you know, the, the second coming of last year's 49ers? It just, it wasn't going to happen. So I, I know you don't want to hear it, but be patient. It It's, I think they're on the right track. I really do. And um, I have not seen anything from Joe Judge or from the players to suggest otherwise. All right, next question comes from uh, good friend Steve and Gina, who want to know, uh, let's see, they also wrote, I think, on Sunday, um, can't wait to hear your take, which I've already given in writing. 
Yeah, okay, here it is. Question about Sunday's game. Steve and I felt that the defense was the most tough and aggressive during the first half of the Steelers game, but then became less so in the second half. Then on Sunday against the Bears and a mobile quarterback, they brought mostly a three-man rush. What was that about? Also, what is your impression of the schemes for both? All right, two, a couple questions there. So let me take the first one about the, the three-man rush. Uh, Steve and Gina, the bottom line is, to, is the defensive backfield is still trying to feel its way and come together and gel. That is has been a problem for this team. And when you don't feel comfortable or confident in your coverage, you're not going to send four, five, six men at the quarterback. You're just not going to do it. So again, it comes down to just kind of letting them feel themselves out. I mean, right now we don't know who that second cornerback is. Is it is it Corey Valentine? Is it Isaac Yadam? Is it someone else? We don't know. Maybe it'll be Logan Ryan. Okay. So what's interesting is, um, you know, Logan Ryan under contract for one year. Um, you know, is somebody else coming down the pipe? I don't know. So, you know, as I said before in the other answer, we're still learning about this team. We're still, the coaches are still trying to figure out what they have in this team. And it's going to take a little patience here. I, I know that's asking a lot. But, you know, that's that's kind of where we're at. Um, my impression of the schemes and play calling for offense and defense and the Bears game being less imaginative. What was that about? I'm not really sure what you're referencing. I thought the Giants played a little bit better in the second half on both sides of the ball. So I really don't know what you're referencing there. I'm sorry. I get if you clarify that for me, I, I can, you know, always circle back to that question, but I'm, I'm not really sure what you're referencing specifically. So, all right, folks, you are listening to Locked on Giants with Patricia Trainer. This is the Friday fan mailbag. We are going to take our first break. And when we come back, more of your questions here on the Locked on Giants podcast. Visa knows that local businesses are the heartbeat of our communities. Whether there are corner stores, our coffee spots, or our favorite shops, local businesses have always been there for us. They remember our orders. They call us by name. Always giving back, making a difference, and going that extra mile to support us and our community. And right now, more than ever, local businesses need our support. So now it's time for us to return the favor. The next time you go shopping, Make the choice to shop at a local business and look for the contactless symbol and tap to pay with a contactless visa to help support your community because where and how you shop matters. Visa, everywhere you want to be. Official partner of the NFL. This episode of the Locked on Giants podcast is brought to you in part by NFL Game Pass. This season, get football on your time with NFL Game Pass. See all the action from every game with full game replays. You can also replay an entire game and catch all of the plays in just about 45 minutes with condensed games. Go to NFL.com slash Game Pass to start your free trial today. NFL Game Pass, where football never stops. Welcome back, Giant fans, to the Locked on Giants podcast. 
Segment two, Patricia Trana here with you, and we continue answering your questions. Thank you to everyone who sent questions in. Some of you sent multiple questions in. So this year, when we do these mailbags, I'm going to try and answer every question that comes in. Um, if you don't hear your question, chances are it came in late or it was asked by someone else and I, you know, just didn't include it into the mix here. So, all right, next up is John Gerstein, who wants to know, let's see, many more top NFL players suffer season-ending injuries than was the case in the 80s and 90s. Do I agree? And does this mean general managers should give greater consideration to trading down in order to acquire additional picks mid-round. All right, John, I guess you're referencing Saquon Barkley there, obviously. Um, to answer your the first part of your questions, I don't have data to sit there and say that, you know, that that your statement that there were more injuries now than there were in the 80s and 90s, I, I just don't have the data for that. So I can't say one way or another that that is the case. I think the reason why it seems like there's a lot more now than in the 70s, 80s, and 90s is because we didn't have social media back then, so we couldn't keep track of all this stuff. So with that said, do I agree? And should general managers give greater consideration to trading down to acquire more to uh, additional mid-round picks? John, I have a mixed feelings about that. I really do. I mean, you know, I don't think there's a one-size-fits-all answer for that. You know, case in point, if you're the Washington football team, you're sitting at number two, and Chase Young is sitting there, you know, staring you in the face. Do you trade down to get more picks, or do you take Chase Young? So the draft has always been a crapshoot, to be honest with you. You know, sometimes you take a guy... Uh, in the first round, and he turns out to be an absolute stud for you. And sometimes you take a guy and he becomes a bust or he just doesn't work out for whatever the reason, or he suffers an injury. I mean, you just don't know this when you take these guys, you know, and, and you know, I, it, it just amazes me how people say, oh, Gettleman should have known this. Gettleman should have known that. How is Gettleman supposed to know that Saquon Barkley is going to suffer a knee injury? I mean, Look, he has as much chance of suffering a knee injury as Joe Blow on, on, you know, the practice squad does. You know what I'm saying? Football is a violent game. So, you know, you, you can't sit there and you can't be afraid to draft high. You can't be afraid to take what you think is, you know, a generational talent for your football team. I mean, if you do that, you're, you're never going to win. You're just never going to win, um, you know. We look at the offensive line, the Giants' offensive line from uh, the dry period. How many years did it take the Giants to finally devote significant resources to the offensive line? Um, I, I want to say, they. when did they take Justin Pugh? I can't remember, but I think it was like a four-year stretch before they started to draft to replace the guys from the uh, 2007, 2008, 2009, and 10 uh, offensive lines. So really, it, it there's no one-size-fits-all answer. You could trade down if you're sitting pretty and you you know you want to build for the future, or if you don't think you're going to be competitive that year. But you know to say that you do it every time, no, that's that's just I don't see that happening. I don't think that makes sense to be honest with you. All right, but thank you for that question, by the way. All right, next question via email comes from Ed Quackenbush, who asks, let's see. 
one question I haven't heard asked at pressers is regarding free rushers coming from the left side. In both games, there were situations where Andrew Thomas was forced to choose between the two rushers. And in both situations, Thomas correctly blocked the inside rusher. Um, is this a problem with the protection call? Okay, I know what you're asking. All right, so basically what you're asking is, is why is the second free rusher coming through on that left side? Why isn't he being picked up? Um, you know what? I don't know what the protection calls are, so I can't sit here and say that it was the protection call. I can't sit here and say that, you know, somebody missed an, ass an assignment. I have noticed what you're talking about. And if I'm drawing a conclusion based on visual evidence, I would say it is probably um, an incorrect protection. But again, it, it's kind of hard to say, but uh, clearly... If uh, a free rusher is coming through on that left side or any side for that matter, an adjustment of some sort has to be made and it's just not being made. And, um, you know, hopefully Jason Garrett, when he, when he sits down and looks at the film, he's seeing that and whether he puts a tight end over there to give him, you know, to provide some more help or a running back or, you know, does some chipping, whatever the case may be, they've got to do something to slow these guys down because you're right. If they don't, they're asking for trouble. So thanks for that question. I hope I answered that. You know, I, unfortunately, like I said, I, I don't have, um, I'm not privy to the calls and all that stuff. So I can only go by what I see and, you know, what I, I'm able to gather from talking to the coaches and whatnot. So, all right, Giant fans, you are listening to Locked on Giants with Patricia Trena. We are doing a Fan Friday mailbag. When we come back, we will have the Twitter-submitted questions here on the Locked on Giants podcast. Stay with us. Hey, Giant fans, this is Patricia Trena, host of the Locked on Giants podcast. And I want to tell you about my debut book. It's called The Big 50. The Men and Moments That Made the New York Giants. And I've sought to create a living history of the top men and moments that have made one of the NFL's charter franchises what it is today. Relive the franchise's four Super Bowls. Find out what convinced former general manager Ernie Accorsi that quarterback Eli Manning was indeed the one. Learn about the events that brought the Tisch family into the Giants' ownership floor. And so much more. This 368-page paperback book includes loads of photos and stories of some of the greatest giants in history as told in their own words. The Big 50, the men and moments that made the New York Giants, will be available starting September 8, 2020 on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and wherever else books are sold. So pre-order your copy today. And thank you for your support. Welcome back, Giant fans, to Locked on Giants, segment three. And this segment is brought to you in part by MyBookie. Invest in your intuition. Use promo code LOCKEDON and double your first deposit. New players get up to $1,000 in free play, designed to add more excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet. Your winning season begins today only at MyBookie. And in this segment, we're going to turn our attention to the tweets that we received, uh, the questions that came in via Twitter to a thread that I posted earlier in the week. So let's jump right into it. Uh, first question you ask is, um, Giants going after Freeman would be for him to be, would the Giants going after Freeman for him to be an RB1 or to put him in a rotation with Gallman and Lewis? 
Renato, we just posted an article on Giants Country about that. Um, I think initially you're going to see a rotation until Freeman is up to snuff, you know, physically with uh, playing football. But I think um, what you will ultimately see, since I think uh, Freeman has uh, the similar qualities as, as Saquon Barkley as far as build and talent, I think he will probably become the RB1 with Deion Lewis, the uh, RB2, and then Wayne Gallman maybe rotating in there. Okay, um, let's see. He then, Renato asks, I thought the offensive line got better at last game. The way things are going, do you see some potential changes to occur, like testing Lemieux or Pert? Renato, if they're getting better, why, why change it? I mean, the only reason I could see them changing it is if there's an injury, you know, especially if they're getting better, as as you, you know, as you said. Um, I think ultimately you will see Matt Pert in the lineup. It's just, I don't know when. I think it's going to take an injury. But I do believe that, you know, they're, they're keeping the seat warm for the young man. And at some point you're going to see him. Now for Lemieux, I don't know that we'll see him this year. I think next year is probably more realistic. So thank you for that question. Um, and then let's see. One more from Renato. I know it's a small sample size, but how much has the Giants defense improved from 2019? Renato, it's too soon to say. Um, I, I'm still kind of, you know, trying to figure out what they're doing differently. We have some film studies and stuff that we are we are breaking down on Giants country. Um, you know, we're, we're still looking at the different roles that guys are being asked. So I would say hold on to that question and maybe circle back with me on that about six weeks or so in because then I'll have a little larger sample size and I can go back and, and maybe do a comparison that goes beyond statistics and whatnot. So, you know, again, circle back with me in about, you know, around week six, week six and week seven. And, uh, we'll, I'll try and get you a better answer at that point. Okay. A couple more, uh, Pete M wants to know, no, let's see two games in. What is your biggest pleasant surprise and what's your biggest disappointment in play? Not injury so far and added bonus. What is just what you thought it would be? Okay. My biggest surprise, um, I don't know if I have a surprise. Uh, see, if you're talking about pleasant surprises, um, I guess you'd have to go with Dan, um, Andrew Thomas stepping in and playing so well as a rookie, which you kind of figured he would, but you don't, you never know until you actually see him do so. And I think he's held up well against some really tough pass rushers. My biggest disappointment is probably the slow start that Evan Ingram got off to. The Giants are using him a little bit differently, which I anticipated. They're using him in a way that I believe better suits his skill set. But, you know, just that first game that he played um, earlier in the year to see what he put on on tape, which is really, really disheartening. But it does look like Ingram is starting to, you know, come back in, into shape as far as, you know, making the type of impact that he can on a game. And what is it just as you thought it would be? Um, I guess the record. And I'm not saying because I thought they would, you know, that they would be bad. I, I figured that 
you know, again, no off-season, no preseason games. They would get off to a slow start. It would take some time to gel. It would take some time for the coaching staff to figure out what they had at certain spots. Um, so that that has gone according to to expectations. And quite frankly, I wonder if we won't know what this giant team is all about until maybe four weeks into the season. So I could see that being, you know, uh, conceivably possible. And okay, let's see. Final question comes from Jamal who asks, why isn't the current Giants rebuild being compared to the Raiders and Cardinals? I don't know, Jamal. That's a good question. Um, different scenarios, maybe. You know, John Gruden has been a head coach before, um, so this is not his first rodeo. Cliff Kingsbury, I know, was a head coach at the college level. Joe Judge has never been a head coach, so that could be one reason. Um, you know, look, there, there's no template for a rebuild there really isn't I mean different players each team has different a different personality a different flavor if you will you I, I just don't think you can compare one rebuild to the other I mean you can you can maybe you know point to something being close but I just don't know that you can you can say that oh the Giants should be doing what the Cardinals are doing if anything, the Giants are doing a lot of what the Cowboys have done. And I look at specifically, you know, bringing Jason Garrett in and what they were going to do with the tight ends and the running game and the offensive line. So I think if you're looking at it to compare uh, the rebuild on offense at any rate, I would say maybe look at Dallas because that would be the closest. But again, it's not a true apples-to-apples apples comparison. So hope that answers your question. And folks, thank you so much for the great questions. I hope everybody uh, got the answers they were looking for. Those of you who didn't, again, if I told you to circle back with me, please do. You know, I will be checking, obviously, the email and, and Twitter, and I'll keep those posts going. And Love hearing from you guys and gals, so make sure you continue with the questions and continue listening to the Locked on Giants podcast. We will be back next week with all new shows. Until then, this is Patricia Trainer. Have a great weekend, folks.